Robert Higgins. I'm Kay Tuxford. And this is episode 39 of Screenwriting from the Trenches, a podcast about the craft and expression of screenwriting in all of its forms from the perspective of writers just like you. Um, this week we are talking about the Ballad of Billy Karate, and to that end we have the writer of that script, novelist, screenwriter, and podcaster, Robert Brockway, who recently got representation at Entertainment 360. Welcome and congratulations, sir. Hi, and thank you. Uh, just as a quick heads up, there is construction out my house uh, that is maybe trying to kill me, certainly trying to shake my house apart, so uh, if it sounds action-packed. I mean, I guess that's thematically appropriate. Well, I hope that we are able to, by looking in, that they will at least hold off on murdering. I have not wanted to witness a murder on Zoom um, since the last time. So I'm just hoping that, you know, everything. You know, in the spirit of <laughs> Billy Karate, I just hope that like a mean construction worker breaks in and he has to karate all around his room with his while while keeping you know nice recording with his mic and stuff like come in i will defend myself with yeah. all the karate i remember from being 12 right right i think i did karate when i was eight and, yeah can yeah, we call so. that like the teenage mutant ninja turtle effect of like you know yeah, where it's yeah like, absolutely <laughs> absolutely definitely i did get in trouble one time for exploring a sewer because of teenage mutant ninja turtle i smell a dog it was not as romantic as they make it out to be no it's not there's um, no TVs down there. There's no wise rat. And and the pizza down there sucks. Yeah, it so does. it's actually very difficult to skateboard in the yeah. sewer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and occasionally there are men in orange vests who are just like, what are you doing down here? Um, no, it's 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 terrible. Um, I will actually like, you know, there's like a I was thinking, I was just re-watching that movie very recently because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And That's I great. just and I really got the fact that the reason why Raph like stalks um, April O'Neil to get his side back is because he lives in a fucking sewer and he has no worldly possessions. And I did not <laughs> get that until I was an adult. Like I was just like, oh no, it's his side. He's got to get his side back because that's what you think when you're a kid. But you- you're like, no, he lives in a sewer. Do you know how long it's going to be before somebody flushes another side? Right. <laughs> And it might be a different weight. Like they might not. Yeah, you it's can't. never gonna happen again. Yeah, that sidewalk sale from the closing martial arts store just is never gonna happen again. Um, anyway, so before we get too far into the weeds, uh, we must, as always, discuss what is screenwriting Twitter fighting slash talking about this week. Ooh, uh, drama, drama. I do not normally keep uh, up with. Yeah, first. Yeah. First thing um, is was uh, two things: both Ryan Gosling as Ken and Anna Diarmas as Marilyn Monroe. Uh, there were, well, in terms of Ryan Gosling, mostly it was just thirst trapping, um, <laughs> just straight up thirst trapping of Ryan Gosling, just like everybody calling, you know, making zaddy memes and, and uh, you know. Well, because of Pride Month, I learned about the like illustrious history of magic earring Ken, a Ken doll they released <laughs> in the 90s, that they didn't mean to, they were, but but is like a gay icon because wow. they, well, they went to, they went to raves uh, and were like, what fashion are men wearing? 
And uh, so Magic Earring Ken is an array of outfit and is wearing like a cock ring, like a circular cock ring and stuff. Wow. And they, they didn't realize, um, yeah, they didn't realize in the 90s that maybe it wasn't just like fun rave clothing, but maybe like a, another culture within that culture. So they went uh, to a rave and saw one guy and we're like, yeah, that's enough. That's we got it. it, yeah. And apparently- You are the model, sir. The positioning of the cock ring on your outfit kind of said if you were a top or a bottom. So magic earring can is a bottom. Wow. Yeah. So I learned that because it's probably power method. bottom, to be fair. Yeah, yeah to be fair. <laughs> So I learned that like last week because Pride Month, I need to know about my people. And uh and and then magic and then non-magic earring ken came out and I was like, you know, it's like one earring away. Uh and I think it's a gateway they, earring. Um, it's a gate, yeah. I was like, I think we could put that on uh Ryan Gosling and he would be there. Yeah. I feel like maybe like Greta Gerwig should do it just as a Easter egg, like that type of thing, and be like, he's totally pretending for her. Um, yeah. uh, the '90s when all of our gay icons had to be accidental, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, Ana de Armas is Marilyn Monroe. At I, you know what? I didn't think this was going to work, and then I saw the trailer, and I was like, I am so strangely intrigued by this by whatever this is especially since it's supposed to be nc-17 so you know it's going to be fucked up oh i missed that yeah Whoa. um like wow, nc-17 for netflix what is an nc-17 like the other how, though how, how can they tell you like how can like a netflix they're like are you old enough you yes they're gonna be a a well i can i can say this the last the nc-17 movie that for netflix that i saw was gaspar noe's love which literally features literal cum shots so I don't, <laughs> that's what the line is. I don't know wow. where this movie's coming from. This is going um, to be a very different movie than I was <laughs> I was going to say, so, Netflix did screen like blue is the warmest color, like in, in its entirety. And that yeah. like, oh that hits like, I was like, oh, I'm just watching porn in the middle of it. So like, um, which is awkward uh, yeah, yeah. around the family couch. So um, yeah, yeah, it'll be, it'll, it'll be great. One of those movies that you have to wait until midnight to ensure that your kids are in REM sleep so that you can like <laughs> check it out and see what the fuck's going on in this movie. Um, yeah, I don't need to watch another Kennedy come. Oh. 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 But oh. Yeah, those are facts. We don't. We don't. Uh, Happy birthday, Mr. You, President. Um, you can't boo facts. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the other thing that uh, I was sort of really glad uh, to find out this week or learn this week was apparently Rod Serling created the Twilight Zone because of the Emmett Till trial. Um, I did not know this. No, uh, me neither. I saw, I saw this as well. And I, I was... So? Yeah. Well, I didn't know that either. Let's, let's yeah. tell Robert what we learned this week on Twitter. Well, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, so many things. Because the thing of this is one of, again, like last week, we were talking about something that sort of crosses over with Black Twitter. But then, of course, Black Twitter has all kinds of receipts. And besides the fact that Rod Serling had created the Twilight Zone because of Emmett Till, and he was trying to do a show about the Emmett Till trial where, you know, two white supremacists who killed someone and then went into, uh, you know, then went and admitted that they um, actually committed the crime once they were committed. Um, Rod Serling was, uh, you know, not a fan of that and just 
decided that he wanted to do a show, but apparently CBS was like, no, we're not about that life. Um, we uh, we have uh, to think about our audience and they don't- All, uh, all the racists <laughs> who are happy, apparently, that a 14-year-old boy is dead. Yeah, those people. America. Um, so yeah, they were not happy about it. So Rod Serling was like, I got something for that ass. I'm gonna talk about racism in a, in a- Sci-fi setting. Metaphoric sci-fi yeah. world. Um, and so we got one of the greatest television shows ever created. And I'm sort of glad that that was the genesis for it, that like, um, that was, you know, like where it came from. And so I'm, I'm super uh, like, cause I grew up loving that show. And like, it's one of those things where it'd be like, I feel better about myself for <laughs> liking it back then. Um, yeah. did this, uh. Did that inspire? Did he get to do the episode he wanted? Like about the Emmett Till? Because I I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of Twilight Zone, but I'd love to watch that episode. I don't know if there was a specific episode, but I, I think wonder it, if he did. Yeah, I don't know, but like there was a quote um, that he put out, and I'm going to find it because I posted it. Um, the writer's role is to be a menacer of the public's conscience. He must have a position, a point of view. He must see the arts as a vehicle of social criticism, and he must focus on the issue of his time. I love it. Yeah. I love a menacer of the public. Yes, a minister of the public's consciousness. And I feel like that's pretty much that's where I come at, come at writing. Like, I am definitely one of those people who be like, every, like, I would realize that most of my scripts, uh, if not all of them, sort of in like indict the audience at the end of it, like make them complicit in <laughs> whatever they just watched. Be like fuck you. you. Um, yeah. I was so, gonna say, you, Rob. Rob goes out of his way. He's told me on various scripts that by the end of page one, if his his wife, who's his number one reader, finishes page one and turns to him and says, "Fuck you," uh, that's a good yeah. sign for. I've him. done my job. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. And speaking of fuck you. Yeah, this is the, this story is probably, I mean, like this, the. This is this, the one that people have been waiting for. Let's talk about the literal goddamn elephant in the room. Yes. Um, whoa. Uh, the story that an elephant in India tramples a woman to death and then comes for seconds at her funeral, picks her body up off the pyre, tramples it again. And I think wrecks her house. Like I was yes, say, and like, wrecks her house. Uh, yeah. And then like, and then what what kills me is when you read the story, you like like the elephant just kind of like you know collectively gives like whatever version of the elephant middle finger like to the assembled party like for this funeral, and then they have to wait until the fucking elephant is done before. <laughs> Yeah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. It's an elephant, yes. It's a fucking elephant. And so, like, yeah, like, yo, know, my God. Uh, yeah, this is insanity. I, I think everybody's just wondering what did that woman do? What did she do? Yeah, yeah. you did something. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe that's not fair of me to say, but that's the immediate thought. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say elephants. Elephants usually don't go like find where somebody lives and like ah oh, I'm gonna go find this one random funeral pyre fire and then, yeah you know I think I think this is a little extra uh you know yeah. in, in India like I I was there for like a little vacation and a friend's wedding and we got to watch like some of the local workers use elephants like like horses or you know they're like tractors and they'll 
clear debris and stuff. So maybe maybe she was like an elephant handler and, you know, maybe she was just nasty. I don't know. But whatever she did, she pissed that elephant off yeah. something good. Like, generally, like, you don't want to do with the only animal famous for holding a grudge. Right. Right. And clearly, like, this is just in case we're like, do elephants still hold grudges? Yes. Yes. <laughs> We've is learned. this a myth? No. And this is not like a thing because there are certain animals, you know, like alligators or dicks. You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. Kangaroos. Dicks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> kangaroos notoriously are dicks. We've all seen videos of street fighting kangaroos. Like, my favorite, you know, they'll video. drown you. They love to yeah. drown you. Yeah. They, kangaroos they, will they, drown you? Yeah. Yeah. They, that's one of their, they walk out into like waist deep water if they're trying to mess you up. And if you come out there, they hold your head underwater. That's one of their like battle tactics. I mean, it's a good tactic. And it's they a good choke tactic. dogs. They yeah. don't like dogs. They will choke dogs to death. Um, you know, kangaroos are just real dicks. I, my, one of my favorite videos on, on the internet that I've ever seen is this, and it, it literally forced me to create an entire life philosophy around this, like, that's how <laughs> deep this video is to me. But there's a video of this guy, he's just been hang gliding, and he's, like, coming in for a landing, and as he's coming in for a landing, there's this lone kangaroo just, like, no. coming across this field. And as he comes in for a landing... The kangaroo comes up and punches him dead in the face, <laughs> just out of fucking nowhere, like uh, for no reason at she's all. She's been waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> Saw you up in the sky and was just like, where's he going to land? <laughs> I'm going to be there. Oh, my God. It's so awful. And so they just punches him right in the fucking face. And just like, and for me, like, I was like. Like that literally had a profound effect on me. And I was like, life is going to, life is like that kangaroo. It is going to punch you in the face, no matter what, like just gonna come out of nowhere. <laughs> Even and punch before you in the your face. feet touch the ground. Right, yeah. for no reason at all, just to hit you in the fucking face. I'll and land so, sometime. Right. And so <laughs> what we don't want to do as people is chase kangaroos. We don't want to chase them. Okay. Like yeah. there's just no reason to chase kangaroos. They're already coming for you for no other reason anyway. Don't chase kangaroos. Uh, as as to, to, to do your message uh, a favor, I think you should link that video in the show notes just so yeah. everybody can watch this. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that I've seen that one. It it feels important to me. Yeah, it is. Good job selling me on it. I will. I yeah. will. I will definitely. I know. Where Where have you been? Yesterday, I just watched on Reddit a duck that was drugged up after an X ray and he couldn't keep his head straight. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I don't know what this lady did uh, to bring this back around. I don't know what this lady did, but she clearly did something because this elephant went two hundred kilometers out of yeah. his way to fucking fuck her up and then fuck up her funeral and then fuck up her house. Like, yeah. It's astonishing that they were able to track throughout that whole process. Yeah. I yeah. Just, elephants are on some shit I don't know about. I, I got that, like, another worry about that it. That is some real <laughs> petty shit. Like that is, a, that is on some, some super petty shit. Like I said, that's, that's one of the things the black Twitter is here for. Uh, you know that kind of pettiness. Yeah, that kind of pettiness is 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 where is where we live at. You know, like it's just you know you got to come for that kind of petty. It's amazing. Well, I mean that's yeah. I I mean I'm I'm also here for it, even though I'm a white girl and and just uh, vicariously watching this. But uh, it is amazing. Like I am. I'll, I'm like I know it's I know it's not nice to be like oh a lady died, but in some way I'm like 
wow. You know? it, goes, it goes beyond that. Played it goes, that elephant. Yeah. 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 The, tra- the tragedy of it has gone beyond like the lady dying. Like it's, it's, it is actually so fucked up at this point that it's okay to laugh. I'm sorry. I know yeah. that woman has family, but it yeah. is gone. It has gone too far. Like, it's certainly one of one of the darker laughs I've gotten. <laughs> not, not the darkest laugh no. I've gotten, but what? But it's up there. We'll yeah, leave it's more really darkness. bad. Yeah. Um, okay. It reminds so, me of that thing where that lady was like that laugh that I got with that that lady. She got like maced and pepper sprayed coming out of like the January sixth thing, and it was just they were just like, "What were you doing?" She was like, "We were trying to start the revolution, man." And I was just like, "Oh God!" <laughs> I didn't realize oh, there was going to be resistance. <laughs> I didn't realize people were going to resist. The oh, oh, one of the darkest you... laughs I've ever gotten was a newspaper headline that said. I, I'm not going to get the wording exact, and it's a shame because it's so good. But it said, uh, man stabbed after asking attacker, what are you going to do? Stab me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you put them in a tough, tight situation. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess them. so now. Man. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Oh. Maybe that's what this lady did. She's like, "What are you gonna do? Kill me and trample yeah. fucking criminal? What the fuck are you the gonna do, like, Elephant? Like, you, what are you gonna do? Fucking kill me?" And Elephant was like, "Well, actually, no, I can, no, I can no, do you one to- better." <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he's like, so pissed off. He's like, "No, that bitch! Like, no, that bitch! Like, she, she fucking, she fucking dared me, man. She fucking dared me to no, fuck it. I'm going to her funeral. Fuck it. We all going." We need you to calm down, Steve. I'm not calming down. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not done. Calming down. That's 200 kilometers away. <laughs> I'm an elephant. I, can I don't live. give a fuck. I got nothing else to do. Nothing on my planner. <laughs> and we've all kind of heroic in a way. We've all wanted to storm a funeral and flip the casket, but nobody ever does it. Yeah. Or taking the body out and been like, I'm trampling it again. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, lady. Fuck you. Oh, God. Oh, this, man. This podcast is officially off the rails. Anyway. Yes, let's get back on the rails and meet Robert nicely. Yeah, hello. Hello, yes. sir. Thank you. I think you that was for... a good meeting for me. Yeah. It's right, yeah. We are well met on the podcast. Um, oh, like... also watch out. Rob is at a bunch of Dark Tower right now. So and you know what? And the best part is that you got the reference. Thank you, K-Tux. For... Well, because I read it before you, so yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. This is again K Tucks for bringing. Stop bringing us into it, okay? It's not about us. Your wife. Your wife tells me to be the sand in your oyster, and I was like, "That's all I do in life." So I'm just doing. I this is. I'm like the elephant. This is my nature. This is is you trampling my funeral. Um, Well, hello, sir. Uh, Both K and I read your script, uh, Billy Karate. And I just, I want to get into the whirlwind that became like uh, the, the, what happened after the, you put the script online. But uh, let's get sort of a, a baseline. What, what is your superhero origin story, sir? Uh, well, I started writing uh, professionally, at least for crack.com back in the, back in 2007 and quickly became one of the sort of founding editors of that site. And that's where I was for a good long time. I was a senior editor there and I had a column for about five years and did a lot of the behind the scenes work. And then I wrote a few books. I wrote the, uh, the Vicious Circuit series from Tor uh, that came out 
around 2015 and I wrote a book called Carrier Wave and then I kind of transitioned into screenwriting a year and a half ago, about 18 months ago, uh, right just because of the pandemic and I needed something to distract. I had just finished another draft of a book that I will rewrite on that I am apparently procrastinating on by learning screenwriting. <laughs> uh, but I, I needed something different to learn, to like reoccupy myself fully. Otherwise I was just going to, I don't know, eat all of my hair or something. I don't know what you're gonna do at the start of the pandemic. So I, uh, I started learning screenwriting and I wrote four scripts in about a year and then Billy Karate over the last six months or so. Nice. And uh, yeah, I guess that's my superhero origin story. That's a pretty good one. Uh, crack.com seems to have like a, a pretty good, uh, like. I mean, that's heyday crack.com, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I'm, I'm of course fired. Um, yeah. I was like, that was like, I'd get to work in the morning at the bookstores at, and it was like my writing partner, who's also working there because we were in a 90s sitcom, was like, uh, <laughs> you got to see this new post on crack. Like, and she would already already be laughing at it, and she would already like be in the know. And I was like, you know, bitch, I have a longer drive time. Like, you got here and read crack before me. Um, how dare you? But yeah, I was going to say, like, that's, it was peak, peak, good times on crack. Many, I bet I read a lot of your articles, but, uh, you know, at that time, you guys were all like just names, and we're like, Who Yeah, are uh, crack.com. How are they so funny? Kind of like, yeah, like a pre BuzzFeed with its dick out, like kind of like you know, just pre buzz. Mm, yeah, I was gonna say it's more than that, it was more than that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we Buzz were feed. kind of yeah, rivaled but... with BuzzFeed. We always called ourselves the smarter BuzzFeed. Yeah, it might exactly. not have been true, but it really bothered BuzzFeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would. Um, but yeah, so. So you, you write Belly Karate, um, and then what sort of uh, prompts you to put it online? Uh, I didn't, actually. Uh, I, <laughs> I had no idea any of this was going to happen and was totally unprepared for it. Uh, I wrote Belly Karate, and I figured this was probably my first draft, and then I gave it to maybe three or four people, four or five people uh, for notes and I got some good notes, but they were pretty light. So I just implemented the light notes and kind of expanded the circle to get the next round of notes. So this is like draft 1.25, I'll say. And I gave that to, uh, Nathan, Nathan Graham Davis, who was yes, we, we now know my best guy. friend in the world. Nathan, uh, Graham Davis, uh, we'll link his episode in the show notes, but Nathan Graham Davis is also a friend of the podcast. And he's been just a fantastic supporter. And, uh, this, the, the he was there for the genesis of this idea by the way which was uh i just followed him on twitter we were messing around he posted uh first page friday of his script uh and he, he said something as we all do a little self-deprecating and i chimed in to be like well man if this is bad i'm in trouble i mean we talked about it and i said you know it's it, it seems strong to me it could really only use more karate and then he responded by replacing some words with karate and i was like no, no, and I wrote a fake, a fake sample page of this ridiculous movie, which was Billy Karate, and I posted it to him as a joke, and we laughed, and then I went, but what if? Page two. Oh exists. my! And then, so I, we, everybody forgets about it, and I come to him like five months later. I'm like, hey, I wrote that. Do you want to read it? <laughs> hey, and he was like, joke? I wrote that. And he was like maybe i guess like kind of obliged and then he got back to me uh, a few days later and was like uh this is amazing i need to post it and i implemented some quick notes and i was like 
here uh, you can share it with like your manager or whatever, because I, I know those are, we have like a general best case scenario. Uh, and then he did and he shared it to like 10 or 15 people and then they kept sharing it and they kept sharing it. And then he posted it to Reddit and then Reddit just exploded. And Reddit does lot. that. Yeah. Was it screenwriting Reddit or just Reddit? Yeah, it was or, screenwriting yeah. Reddit and then independently uh, men writing women. <laughs> well that makes a lot of sense uh because uh the folks who watch it there's a lot of mocking of that especially in the opening where billy karate every woman who approaches billy karate is like they're like nice everything they say again, in parentheses yeah. it's like sexy and then a lot of your female descriptions are often like you know, even though she's older, she has the, you know, 22, she has like the body of a 19 year old <laughs> sort of line. Uh, so like, it is really funny and tongue in cheek in that way. So I could see that working out well. Yeah, they're all like, they're all there to assist Billy in his journey. That's what the movie thinks. And uh, a lot of the turns are like, no, dude, they're not. They're not yeah. here to assist yeah. you in your journey. When Billy meets the, the cadre of women, uh, the secret cadre of women and stuff like that. That's one of my favorite like scenes in the movie where they're like, like they decide to take him on, like to teach him how to get in touch with himself. Like, oh man, like, oh, there's a lot of that stuff. And then there's the, there, there are moments in the script where he'll just like, he'll say something about himself, like he'll get really vulnerable and then just completely horrify, like, whatever woman that he's talked to like the movie just steps back into reality for that yeah and the and woman like, becomes a woman is like you need extensive therapy like right. years. <laughs> yeah he's trying to convince them all to like be the thing that fixes me and then that's when the women step back they're like that's not my job yeah and also that's really <laughs> fucked up i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm just gonna go and yes. then billy's left alone and screaming to the sky and roundhouse kicking the sun yes uh, as one does do a do. lot of roundhouse this sort of gave me the the same vibes as uh i don't remember know if you guys saw uh kung fury the short yes. that became i think it became a movie it did never um, did see the movie but i did see the short, short yeah the short back. became a movie i know the the short i mean the movie version i features um like uh like the, the end sequence is like a is it like a full-on David Hasselhoff music video? Um, yeah. Yeah. And I sort of like, I was like feeling that through the whole thing. Like I was like reading Billy Karate and I was just like, this needs to be made with those guys. Like those guys yeah. need this script so bad. Oh, like, but also it blended in. I told you like two weeks ago on <clears throat> Memorial Day weekend, I watched Action USA. With yeah. Some people, um, if you want something like really awkwardly bad action it was a bunch of stunt people in texas that just like we don't need a writer we'll just make our own movie and they solve it all the stunts yeah i do love it when they do that yes uh but i had i had vibes of that because naturally they're driving around all their sweet rides and crashing them and exploding them uh but man you're you're you have so many corvettes and yeah like so many so many cars i mean wait how many like everybody arrives with their like own car every time and they're just like yeah it's all it's all a gender sign it's irox z's for the men yes or vets that's right that's right that's right because i really wanted to build it as like not just an homage to these movies it takes place in like a a last action hero like universe yeah everything they assume to be cool and true is like is yes. true. Like it's a different world. It's an alternate universe than ours. Last Action Hero is, is so like underrated. It just it does not it get criminally. Enough credit. Criminally it does not get it. enough credit. 
They just I, uh, added it back to Netflix, by the way. If you need to yeah, I know. It's so great. And I just like, you know, when anytime a movie where a guy gets killed with an ice cream cone and then, you know, Arnold gets to quit ice that guy, like, come on, like, what are you doing? Like, um, well, definitely an influence on me to like travel inside this and then explore <laughs> their tropes to, uh, you know, to a greater purpose. I thought that was a really kind of like reverse portal fantasy, I guess. <laughs> The other thing that I like, I, well, speaking of that movie, because it's written, uh, well, it was co-written or at least uh, or rewritten by Shane Black. And you have two dogs, uh, both named, uh, well, named Riggs and Murtaugh. Um, I read that oh, on yeah. your, yeah. <laughs> Detectives. Detective Martin Riggs and Detective Roger Murtaugh. <laughs> uh, are they retired? Did any of them retire yet? They're too old for uh, this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Murtaugh and Roger, he got he got too old for this shit. He did pass away. So oh, no. it happened a little bit ago. And okay, but uh Riggs is still kicking. He's doing okay. He's sleeping in the next room right now. Oh. But yeah, oh. they were my buddies. They were my partners. I got I named them that because I wanted to be like their their police chief that disciplines them. You're out of control, you're loose cannons. <laughs> and I did give me your badge. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna take your badge um yeah no, i also man. regularly promoted them as they got to be better dogs so they started off nice. as sergeants that's good that's yeah. good give them room for growth and and to feel good about what they're doing i think everybody should promote their dogs did they did they ever solve any really tough cold case crimes uh if by solve you mean eat and by crimes you mean barf yes then that sounds about right that's yeah. accurate yeah so I want to um, I want to know because you you sort of like the one of the ways the things the reasons that I wanted to get you on this podcast besides which to celebrate your your you and your writing was that you sort of got to experience that lovely thing that everybody sort of dreams about you got to deal with the Hollywood uh, shuffle like the whole like Cinderella story of like they saw me and plucked me from obscurity and like that sort of thing where like. Um, you know, where like everybody wants to meet you and then you're taking all these meetings and like, you know, so can you tell us like what that was about so that we can all live vicariously through you? Well, first, an odd emotion I wasn't prepared for was kind of annoyance that you, <laughs> that you like, I mean, you work on things and I've worked on other scripts way more. Like I said, this was not prepared to go out. I didn't think it was like draft 1.25 as far as I'm concerned. So I was ready to do more drafts and push it and polish it. And I had, I had other scripts that I've, you know, edited to death and put so much more work into. And then I also, beyond that, I've, I've read like a lot of guides, a lot of suggestions and talked to a lot of people and developed kind of a strategy for how I was going to break in. Uh, because everybody, uh, uh, one of the common assumptions is that my profile, my work with Cracked or my books or something are just going to get me a manager. Right. And uh, they did just get me a few generals from people I know, you know, I knew a lot of people that went to work into TV, work in books and stuff that they got me meetings with their managers, but it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything at all. Like it, that doesn't get you anything. Like I, a lot of times I would just get completely ghosted and it doesn't matter. So I, I was not prepared to feel a little bit bothered that like I've prepared all of this strategy and then <laughs> it all meant nothing. Like all that time I put in was just like, oh, okay. But, you're, like, uh, you're like, no, 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 I can't go viral. I'm supposed to work for this and have a perfect query letter and yeah, meet that yeah, like, guy at the Starbucks line. 
And I had yeah. been putting in all of the, the work and like the groundwork and the learning. And then it turns out I woke up one day and everybody was like, have you seen this? Like, what? What? Yeah. Have you and, seen uh, this script? And you're like, I wrote it. And you <laughs> like, well, they were just like, have you seen what's happening? And I'm like, no, I have not. I just woke up. And so I get to go and you know look on Reddit or look on Twitter and look in my email and see, you know, emails from a bunch of producers and, and managers and stuff. And just, it was a great day. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining about it. Just there's a, there's a whirlwind and then there's a whirlwind. And that was, that was something I was just not at all prepared for. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know about the Reddit effect, but I do know on, it sort of took Twitter by storm. There was like so many people just like sharing that script and like, like the script was definitely having a moment to the, you know, obviously to the point where it like it showed up on uh, my radar and I was just like, holy shit. Well, m mostly because you and I both have Nathan Graham Davis in sort of like uh, common. And so mm -hmm. like, you know, as Nathan was just like, yeah, Robert is getting his props, man. And we were, I was just <laughs> like, wait, what? What's happening? Um, and then I was just like, oh, okay. And then I, you know, then I was like, all right, well, I got, I got to read the the script that's, you know, that's, uh, that's making a thousand meetings. I, I, I've got to do that. I got to see what, what, what's what. And then I was like, it was one of those things I have to say where I almost hated you a little bit. Cause I was just like, God damn it. This guy can write son of a bitch. That, that is the first thing Rob told me. He's like, we're going to meet with, uh, Rob Brockway and he can write and i yeah. was like i was like are you happy or not happy about no, that because that sounds great yeah <laughs> we all know that like, emotion the yeah. jealousy and resentment and respect are all the same emotion when you're right yeah it's just like one of those things i was just like i was like reading this and i'm like oh god damn it this is fucking funny son <laughs> of a goddamn bitch all right i'm gonna read this i'm gonna oh i need to uh, stop reading it son of a bitch well thank you i thrive on your hatred <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, so yeah, it, there's, there's, um, you know, I definitely, uh, will put you on what, what I call the mopo list. Um, <laughs> it, it's a, it's a, it's an annual list. Rob <laughs> awards it to just people he knows because he's the mofo. So, uh, yeah. apparently you're on the list now. Yeah. Yeah. The, and the next round of mofo list screenwriters, you, you'll, you'll, you'll be right there at the top, sir. Um, One of many mofo lists I am on, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> that mofo um yeah. no so it was it was really great and i was just like i think that was like one of those moments where i was just like because you i've i think we've all had that experience where like someone was like so-and-so is blowing up right now and then you read their stuff and you'd be like why <laughs> why but why though but why and the, but this one was one of those things where i was like oh god damn it I know oh, why. Oh, yeah. he's so good. Oh, I was so ready to ask why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask why. Whoa. And he took it from me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I think, I think that's the case. And also, I think it's hard to get uh, Twitter and Reddit and all of the social media. Like, usually screenwriters, I find we, we tend to be, we're so mean, uh, especially to our own kind. <laughs> <laughs> we really are. And yeah, so we're really mean. They never, you know, and I, I try not to be like, I, I'm a teacher now and I teach young screenwriters. So I'm not supposed to be like, hey, you suck balls. You know, it's not, it's not a good, uh, it's not but a how good else look. will they learn? Although it would make your, it would make your classes much more interesting. And I feel like you'd get much better scripts because nobody wants to be the person who's just like, hey, guess who sucked balls this week? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's you, Tim. It's fucking you. 
always Tim. I never had a Tim in class, so I can say that. Tim sucked. Uh, that way, you know. I There's don't know. one Tim you forgot about. He's just Shit! Like, oh, oh, no. That, I knew it. And he's, he's, like, he's like, yeah. I knew she hated me. I knew she fucking hated my writing. I didn't, I didn't even know Tim was in class. That's how much I hated Tim. Uh, Wait until I get a fucking elephant. This lady's going down. <laughs> like does he have an elephant when did tim get an elephant uh <laughs> this is the kind of thing that gets you trampled oh shit. oh no uh but no as i was gonna say i think people always like i've i can't say that i like as a younger writer i posted stuff on reddit and like there was some regret it um that was happening right regret after that because, because <laughs> like people are always trying to find like your flaws and find things in there number one to probably feel good about their shitty writing or to, you know, uh, feel like there may be foe helping you. And so I think it, we naturally have that when we read something, we're like, I kind of want to see the flaw. Like I remember reading Social Network and it's very good script, no complaints, but I did find a typo on page 62 and it burned in my brain. I was like, I found your flaw. It's an <laughs> it's versus it's confusion. And Fucking I know Oscar you winning it. screenplay. I know, Fuck but you it's your there. Typo page on page 62. 62. Yeah. And, and like, you know, I needed that. And, and so I think <laughs> we are monsters. And so, you know, I, I think we have to be honest about our nature. Oh. oh yeah, definitely wasn't all positive. There were plenty of haters. And that's just, that's something luckily I was prepared for from Cracked because I mean, a comedy oh, especially, there's, there's no like middle ground where you find something no. to enjoy in it if you don't like the comedy. Uh, whereas like maybe an action movie, you could like the cinematography or something. It seems like all of the focus is drained out. If you have a comedy that somebody doesn't enjoy, they fucking hate you. They just absolutely hate you. They will never see any value. Everybody else could be saying, this is hilarious and great. And they're like, no, I want him dead. I want him dead for this. Yeah, yeah. You, you sort of have to, there's sort of, there should be like a, a thing where like, I feel like all screenwriters should be required to take. And maybe I could make up the class just so I can like make some extra cash on the side but i feel like there should be like like if you're going to be a screenwriter you have to be like our per you have to take classes in like being a person on the internet you know what i mean because there's <laughs> going to be like things which you're like i have a movie i was just talking to Kay about this but like my my second feature is just about to cross over a million views on um on youtube youtube and like, I got this comment the other day. It was just like, dude, you have anger issues. And I was like, what? Fuck you. <laughs> I'll kill you. <laughs> Flip your goddamn casket. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to trample you. And you're you motherfucker, you better hope I don't get an elephant because I'm coming right for you, you son of a <laughs> bitch. How do you convince the elephant to hold your grudge? That's what I want to know. No, yeah. you show them the post because elephants are like, no, we don't stand for that shit, motherfucker. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, ride or die. Let's yeah. go. That's what elephants do. They they paint. We forgot about the painting. <laughs> and they read the internet. <laughs> because they have anger issues. They do. They're just waiting for a motherfucker to like give them a reason. Like they're into that petty shit for real. Um, no, so like it's just you sort of have to like recognize the fact that in being a person on the internet you're just going to see some wild shit anything that sort of gets any kind of recognition like immediately you're going to get trolls um like you know similar to sort of like not it, like that thing but i had a, a friend of mine sort of um do an angry rant like last year i think it was where he was just like We've written three scripts with this guy. He's fucking amazing. I don't know why Hollywood is a piece of shit. 
and like you know put my screenplays up on there like he was a good writer but then like immediately there were like all these trolls that came out of nowhere and were just like has he tried putting something up on the blacklist has he ever made anything does he know how to make short films does he like and you're just like you know what like there was like all these people just being shitty and there was just like yeah. okay all right and then you just like you can't engage and i see like other people like engaging with like this person or like all these other people and i was just like i'm just not gonna do it like i'm just not gonna you, engage you, you can't, can't it's your energy diminishes you right. know they weaken you and by the cut of a thousand you know <laughs> yeah i have long since learned that like it'll basically just ruin your whole day and it yeah. will accomplish nothing. Like it will not change that person's mind because no. even if they have a reasonable point, they're not like coming to you on the internet to make a reasonable point and debate it. They just want to vent something. Yeah, and they always yeah. have like eight followers. Um, <laughs> it's like eight followers. I wonder if they all share the same eight followers. Yeah, I just wonder if they're yeah. just all waiting for the shit postings of some asshole. Um, anyway, let's let I let's move on to a question that we like to ask on the show. Do you actually like writing? Oh yeah, I love it. But I've also tied my mental health to it in a way that surely isn't good for me. Ooh, codependency. Yeah, keep yeah. going. Yeah, I just I'm there. A lot of times, because I do a lot of things, I run a site with my partner called called One Nine Hundred Hot Dog. Go subscribe on our podcast, The Dog Zone Nine Thousand. Right on. Uh, we will link it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I still have to just like trained into me. It's reflexive. Oh no, it's point. good. Put it here, but I tell the audience so they know they don't. Yeah, that we'll link it in the show yeah. notes. Yeah. Well, like I gotta do a bunch of different stuff. I wear a lot of hats, but if I'm not writing something for me, if I'm not writing a screenplay or a book or a short story or something. I'll catch myself getting busy with other things and go like three or four days without writing. And then I'll wonder why I'm like just miserably depressed. I'm like, I don't want to live. I don't want to <laughs> oh, do it. Oh, yeah. I feel yeah. like okay. an abject fit. It doesn't matter what's going on. Like it happened to me in this whirlwind with producer meetings and everything. I was taking all of these producer meetings and stuff with my free time. So I had no time to write. I didn't write for like two weeks. And I wondered like why at the end of that, after having all of these producer meetings and landing an excellent manager, I was like, God, I'm just a piece of shit. I'll never make it. I'll never do anything. <laughs> like, what? I was tried to step back. Like, why are you feeling like this? It's like, oh, I haven't written in two weeks and I've tied my mental health to, to the ability to write and constantly be writing. So yeah, it's an unhealthy relationship for sure, but I love it when I'm doing it. Uh, yeah. It's just all the things around it that, <laughs> that are not good for me, I guess. <laughs> All right, and our, our, our sort of signature question, mm. uh, this is where we separate the, uh, the evil women from the elephants. Um, <laughs> you like that? I like that. that Am I the elephant or the evil woman? Because you're you the elephant what? no matter you know what? what. We are all both. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's that's honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, here's the question. Outlining versus pantsing. Where do you oh, come down, sir? Outlining completely. I have way oh, too much. Yes. yes. I have way too much terror in me. I can't. I don't. Thank I, don't, you. I don't trust myself. I'm oh. always scared. I make sure. Yeah, I go thought, ahead. I thought we were gonna get along. I mean, we have the same name, and then one like, of us. You know, one of us. Oh, on my no. team. Sorry. <laughs> okay, but uh, let's hear what he has to say. We'll, go ahead. Yeah. You and I will talk reasoning. each other in a second. Yeah. Uh. I got really into Lost. I'm of that age where Lost was like... <laughs> okay. okay. So 
that was and and also Battlestar Galactica. I really liked Ooh, Battlestar Galactica, okay. and I watched along as they came out. You know, we were doing those weekly releases, and then we got to the last episode of each, and there was nothing there, and there was just nothing, and it felt like the whole thing was robbed and pointless, and I could never go back and watch them again. <laughs> and I was really like, I was learning myself as a writer during those those phases as they went, and so I really in internalized that early of like, oh, fuck, I can't be lost. I can't be Battlestar Galactica. Like I, you, I don't have it in me to uh, to risk you, it. Those you are your kangaroos, go. sir. Vince Gilligan's. Yeah, you you need that. You need to know where you're gonna go. Yeah, I mean, I know some people can have that like trust in themselves. I don't trust me. What have I, I ever done to earn trust from me? <laughs> Kate Tuxford, the, the I don't think you just realized what you said. You're you basically just said in a world of Damon Lindelof's be a Vince Gilligan. That's what you just said. That's literally what you just said. What's wrong with that? Oh my God. Shots fired. Shots Listen. fired on this podcast. I'll agree with, no. I'll agree with it. I, no. I'm just saying, okay. No, listen, you, listen. no, you commit to that. You know, I am going to commit to it. I'm not even afraid. I'm not afraid of this, okay? I'm, I can commit to it. <laughs> because which one nailed their ending? Oh man, I'm putting that out. When we promote this episode, I'm gonna yeah. be like, that is a direct quote in a from from in a world. As somebody who saw both off, finales, I can tell you. Kate Tuxford. Although I will say I'm, I'm comparing net worth is uh is a different kind of answer between those two. That's well, true. okay, but that's true. That okay, yes, that's true. Uh I agree you with know. you. I'm on your side. I'm just saying Thank you. the world isn't. Well, you know, I'm used to that. Uh, oh, so man, that's, that's, that's so that's funny. funny. Yeah, that's so funny. Oh my god, that's amazing. That's the greatest quote that's ever happened on this show. Anyway, ever? yeah, ever, ever. We, we gotta work on our quote. I gotta write that yeah. down, and I, literally, I gotta write that down. In okay. a world full of Damon Lindelof, Fia Vince Gilligan. <laughs> oh my god, that is the best. And I feel like there's no better way to sort of wrap that up than that. So let's move on to what are we watching, consuming, writing this week. Um, I am trying to finish my contained thriller. So I watched the remake of The Taking of Pelham 123 by uh, the late, great Tony Scott and written by Brian uh, Helgeland. Um, and I realized in like this movie is is actually still strangely prescient. Um, like it's actually I think it's better now than it was when it was released. Actually, it's fucking great and features this really whacked out performance from John Travolta um, and, and Denzel Washington not doing a thing. Um, just a very subdued performance from, from uh, Mr. Mr. Denzel Washington. And I just, I really enjoyed it. It was really well done and it like features the, the, like the kinetic ADHD editing of, uh, you know, Tony Scott's like latter end of his career, that sort of uh, crazy man on fire ending, editing. Um, and it, it's it's really great. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And I did not expect to enjoy it because I hadn't seen it, but it was really, really awesome. And, uh, but I'm going to read some more Brian uh, Helgeland scripts because I really enjoy Payback. I think I might be the only person who enjoys that movie. Um, even considering that it's a Mel Gibson movie, but you know, it's, I love the fact that like, there's like this character that like people are trying to 
pay him for the money that he was screwed over and it's $100,000, $140,000, but he only wants his half, the entire script. So he keeps saying, no, it's $70,000. <laughs> and everybody else is just like, but why? Like, why wouldn't you want? And he's like, no, he just wants what he wants. And I just love that through the whole script. It just, it kills me. Anyway, so there, you know, anyway. Uh, they, they meant it to be a riot. I'm yeah. Sure. They're like, uh, you should laugh every time he says $70,000. <laughs> $70,000. Uh, I like to pay back too. And believe me, I feel the pain of uh, trying to extract Mel Gibson from something <laughs> love because of my dogs. Yeah. Right. Um, speaking of uh, Robert, what, what, what did you write, consume, watch this weekend? I mean, this week. Oh, uh, best thing I've watched recently was uh, RRR or Err. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer the onomatopoeia. Yeah, yeah. They both fit. Man, I love that movie. God, that movie is so good. It's it's three hours, but it breaks in the middle. Like they know, you, like they know you're just gonna stop and do something else for a while. Like I think, I think maybe in Indian cinema, they they build that in to like the theater experience. They still have like a formal intermission because that movie. Not all movies are in a three hours. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. don't think that's. I know we're going that direction. Sometimes I agree, most times I don't, but man, that movie earns that three hours. All three hours of it are just like, it's like eight of the best movies I've ever seen, all in one movie. <laughs> You're like, in a world full of Irishmen, be an er. Um, <laughs> yeah. <I> <laughs> or Michael Mann's Heat, one or the other. Um, you know, one of those double tape movies. Uh, as for reading, I'm reading uh, Everything Abridged. Uh, a book by Dennard Dale, who is one of our, our columnists over at 1900 Hot Dog, but also just, man, he's a hell of a writer. I don't always, it doesn't always translate, you know, like the, the nonfiction kind of comedy to fiction books. I've, mm. I have a lot of friends that do one well, and I've known some people that can't do both and really want to do both. And uh, damn, this book is good. He, really, he can write. He's, he's going to be, this is his debut. So it's going to be a long and storied career from this day. You can already tell. Mm. Well, we'll put the book in the show notes. What's it called? Everything Abridged by Dennis Everything Dale. Abridged. We'll I put guess. it in the show notes. Just one of those books where it's never it never loses you, but you immediately have to learn like, oh, damn it. He's much smarter than me. And he's going to show me. He's <laughs> going to show that, me a bunch that of love, times. There's that love-hate relationship again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. fuck you. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're actually talented. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, son of a bitch. You hear me? Uh <laughs> And writing, I'm <clears throat> working on a series pitch for a, a pilot that uh, my manager turned out he liked. So an interesting thing I did not know how Yay. to do, learning how to do. Yes, that's awesome. Thank and you. I hope he's I hope he's walking you through the process pretty well. Uh, I'm mostly learning myself, but um, okay. once we get to that stage, I'll just ask him a bunch of questions until he is done talking to me. That's usually uh, how it works. That's a, yeah. that's a good method. <laughs> I like it. Kate, talks for okay. home. I'm going to round us out. Last week, um, I went through, I don't remember how much of it you kept on the podcast, but I brain farted and couldn't remember. And I said, I think I watched a movie, but I couldn't remember. And I realized it was because I saw uh, Bo Burnham's Inside Outtakes on YouTube, uh, which feels like a movie, but it wasn't a movie. And I saw it at my computer. So my brain couldn't place it, but I saw it. 
Uh, if you liked Inside uh, from a year ago in the pandemic, this is just more of that. Plus more spiders. There's a whole theme song for a spider that, uh, that is now my ringtone. Um, so that's really great. Um, I also am now, as of last night, up to date on Strange New Worlds, which is my bay. Oh, my. And, oh, my God. It's so I've been loving good. that show, too. Oh, we're all we're in agreement. We all my know. little because I okay. guess I'm the age that I grew up on TNG, and it's just it just feels like the next generation plus some plus more story, more interesting characters. It's just it, I don't know. It's my it's 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 everything. I, I finished the flight attendant, which was just okay, but it's very stylized and it has a lot of split screens. And I'm watching stuff with split screens for my upcoming project with a DP so we can decide our split screens. Um, and then lastly, Rob, I can't believe it, but I actually have dusted off an old sci-fi pilot and I brought it into my writing group this week um, and they did not hate it. So I might actually pick it up and um, continue to work on it. It's uh, basically Gone Girl in Space. So uh, we'll enjoy that. Wait, 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 wait. Have I read this one? You read I, it. You read a version of it. I did. That was a it. fucked up script. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember that script. I remember like yeah. giving you back the notes and was just like, this fucked up, homie. Like this real fucked up. And I you mean, were like, no, I think it like I think it tracks. I was like, no, you have you have made this supremely fucked up. Like <laughs> these people not this right. is the fucked up test. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Well, that's okay. I feel it's okay to be like if this guy has an elephant, she's getting fucked up. You know what I mean? It's like one of those. <laughs> <laughs> there will be an elephant now. Oh but, my yeah. god. So it's coming back. Yeah, it's coming back. I'm working on yeah. that one. So uh everybody will be like, she seems so nice. Um, and then they'll read that. <laughs> and then there's an elephant. Um, okay, yeah. this week's resources, we have three. Um, there are two new podcasts that I'm currently digging through their older episodes and very much loving. Uh, the first is Screaming Into the Hollywood Abyss. It is a Ooh. podcast, screenwriting podcast title. about failure, rejection, and adversity in the entertainment industry. Uh, screenwriting Twitter uh, mainstay Noah Epslin is one of the podcast co-hosts and I really dug the episode with uh, both Michael Starberry who is the showrunner of When They See Us and also um, oh, Rob God. Thomas Rob yes! Thomas yes yes yeah. Um, yeah so Rob Thomas there's an episode with him and uh, you know there's there's so many like not to whatever but there i've been listening to so many podcasts about these like <clears throat> screenwriting um showrunners who like you know like tony gilroy like rob thomas who just like i was an asshole and i got away with it for years um kind of stories <laughs> that like like that none of us can do now like you can't get away with the things that they got away with and it's just it's so funny to me, like where where people like we're just now uncovering because we are post Me Too. Uh, we're just now uncovering like all the stories of like these people who just got away with like heinous things and like aberrant behavior for just decades. And yeah. now, like you know, like you obviously not not that you want to be like that, but it's just so funny to me where like. You know that had an effect like there was like a certain type of like you know person who was just like you know who got to be in charge 
clearly who got to be in charge and power tripped hard yeah, yeah and then like you know and then we all just sort of you know whatever and then we're like why don't we have more diversity because of this but anyway uh the other the podcast that i'm recommending this week is the film hack film hacks by james dean and chris rupert um and this film podcast unlike most film podcasts focus on truly no budget out-of-pocket filmmakers um yeah and since these people are the great same kind of crazy as i am this podcast has really been sending me um i'm really 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 enjoying listening to people who are talking about you know the the real sort of uh problems of like uh like making like the sort of real world things that then creep into your screenplay uh as you're just deciding to be like there was one episode where someone was like the first the their script idea was about a person who like randomly started levitating and it was just an annoying like tick <laughs> that he would just start levitating you're like then, you're doing it again bro Stop yeah it. and then he like the filmmaker realized that he was like i don't want to do that kind of practical special effect like i don't want to do that and i can't do after effects fuck it i'm changing it up um and i'm just like that's the kind of shit that like comes into your screenplay when you're writing these no budget things you're just like i don't have that no, i'm not doing that i'm not doing that. that's getting changed that's, um, a headache. that's a headache for me later i'm experiencing yeah. that right now like i have in my script like a a toddler and people are like how are you gonna get a toddler i'm like oh it's off screen i've already really like, yeah right it. you wrote yeah. it out like you know yeah. I, I saw that not happening the there's no children i was like home. oh kate ducks for you cheated you cheated you turned a child into a sound effect no yeah. i saw i no I, I you can't hide anything from me i saw that immediately like no i uh i can get you a toddler oh <laughs> i mean can't not not a lot of questions but uh but yeah also, Maybe. you don't I keep it at the end. Oh, shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> God damn it. And you have uh, to, you know, sort of reconcile the fact that you might be attacked by an elephant uh, later on. Every day in my life, I'm reconciling. <laughs> there will be vendettas involved. That elephant, true. When I was a little kid back in time, because I grew up in the 90s, I went to circuses with elephants. I could have made eye contact with an elephant back then, and they're like, I'm going to find her. Uh, and I didn't know any better. I see uh, you laughing. I see you laughing. <laughs> yeah. So, so like there could be an elephant coming for probably all of us at a certain point. All right. Oh, we just have to, we just have oh, to live our lives. That's life lesson. I hope yeah. not. Yeah. Don't chase kangaroos and Don't. be wary of elephants. Be wary of elephants. <laughs> and never chase a kangaroo in the water. They'll drown you. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. The third and final resource <laughs> of this week is Billy Karate, which is online. And we will have a link to it in the show notes. So you can see what a frenzy-inducing script looks like, uh, as well as something that is just full of good writing and is full of all the things that people say that you should do in scripts. Um, as or well say as, you shouldn't do as yeah, well. Yeah, lots of you shouldn't do wonderful too. asides. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of rule breaking, but in that good way. Yes. So uh, Billy Karate is a fantastic script. You will laugh. Um, and so- it is it is best if you want to get your screenwriting friends together, you guys can do a little table read of Billy Karate. Yeah. Everybody, everybody has a great line. There's the action alone. Whoever's the narrator is in for a treat. Uh, the cast of a thousand hot women 
uh, and people whose hearts ex- like explode out of their chest. I want to see like yeah. one woman who just gets to read all the hot women. Oh, like well, it. they should. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, I, that, that sounds like a, like a really interesting, like YouTube, uh, thing. Like, oh, I almost want to do that. All right. <laughs> um, that is our show. Screenwriting from the Trenches can currently be found on Anchor, Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasts, as well as KevinLMartin.com. And since we're a new podcast, we'd appreciate it if you dropped us a like or rated us them five stars on whatever platform you patronize because Kate Tutsford algorithms. For questions for us that we can and will answer on the show, email me at robertperspectivemofo.com. You can also find us on Twitter. I am at perspectivemofo.com. I am at uh, at K underscore Tux. Robert, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I'm also on Twitter at Brockway underscore LLC. Uh, that's my handle. Nice. And these things, as well as my YouTube channel series, where uh, how to make a movie for $1,000 is detailed in a multi-part series, will all be linked in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening. We hope that you will continue to do so. Now stop procrastinating. Those pages aren't going to write themselves. Thank you.